Hi, everybody. I'm Joshua Danziger. And I'm Ethan Canfield. And today is Friday, February 19th. And this is The Young Perspective, where we talk about America's biggest political and social dilemmas from the eyes of two high schoolers. Welcome back to The Young Perspective, everybody. It has been a crazy week for Ethan and I. We live in Houston, Texas, um, and we have been in the midst of a huge winter storm that has shook all of Texas, not only Houston, Dallas, San Antonio, Austin as well. Uh, tons of snow. All, tons all of, of Texas, for that matter. All of Texas. You know, Much of the country has seen storms this week. But Texas seems to be the, the most unprepared state. So that's what we're going to be talking about today, Texas's power issues and, and all the, the consequences of the winter storm. To start, my power was off 48 hours, and then it was on and off for a couple of days after that. So starting Sunday night until about Wednesday, my power is off, no power at all. What about you, Ethan? Yeah, I had power from off from like Sunday night till Tuesday midday on and back on for a couple hours and then off again till Wednesday midday. A lot of Texas, like 4.5 million people were without power on Tuesday and then 3.1 million on Wednesday. Now we're recording this on Friday. There's still maybe a couple hundred thousand people without power. But it's, it's, been, it's been returned to most people. Right. But nonetheless, there were many people without power, without heat, in extremely cold temperatures, and it was awful. And actually, some people are still without water. For me, we were fortunate enough to have a fireplace, and that kept us warm. But most people did not have fireplaces, and they, you know, in their, your houses got down to 25 or 30 or 45 or 50 degrees. That's cold, a cold place to live. Um, and especially when the homes in Texas don't have the same insulation because Texas is not prepared for these winter storms. So overall, it has been a disaster. So why did this happen? What, what caused these massive power outages? And it all comes down to Texas's electricity grid. Texas, unlike any other state, has its own electricity grid. There are three electricity grids in, in the U.S. There's one for the for eastern U.S., one for western U.S., and then one for all of Texas. Texas has its own electricity grid that makes it independent from the rest of the U.S. And because it has its own electricity grid, when there are these massive power outages, because coal plants went down and uh, power plants went down and offline, we couldn't borrow energy from other states, and we were screwed. So that's right. All these different power-producing plants went down, and Texas couldn't go borrow energy from Oklahoma or Arkansas or any other state uh, because we're like a power island, they call us. We were, were independent, surrounded only by our own power. So why did all these different power plants go off? Well, at the end of the day, the winter storm, at the end of the day, Texas infrastructure is not prepared for the winter storm. 40% of natural gas capacity was offline. Tons of different natural gas pipes were offline. Wind turbines frozen up. Their, their generators inside the turbines had frozen. Nuclear plants, all the different instruments had frozen. Coal plants are also offline. So overall, despite Texas being very energy diverse in the ways we generate energy, from coal to natural gas to wind turbines, nuclear plants, were very energy diverse, but everything was offline. Right. Usually, if one type of energy source was offline, the other energy sources would supplement it. But this time, it did not happen because everything was offline, and you know there there was no way to to regenerate that capacity because we couldn't borrow it from anywhere else. 
So in Texas, there were 45,000 megawatts offline at the start of the storm. Of that, 15,000 of those megawatts were from wind energy and 30,000 were from gas and coal. So about 33% of the energy that uh, failed was from wind energy and the other 66% was from uh, natural gas and coal. And so some people were saying that they thought that this power outages and that these, uh, this failure was because of renewable energy like wind and solar energy that froze or there was no sunlight to get this energy. But that might be true. That was partly a reason for some of the outages. But the majority of the outages came from gas freezing and from coal plants going down. That made up 66% of the power outages. Texas was a disaster because much of our energy went down, but we were also underestimated the amount of energy we would need. So the grid operators underestimated the potential peak demand, and they also insufficiently estimated potentials for outages. Nobody thought the outages would occur. Nobody thought these plants would go down. So it was kind of a conglomeration of these disasters. Plus, Texas did not have any spare energy. Why? Because Texas's energy market is deregulated. So that meaning that, that that means it is not controlled by the government, but it is called, controlled by individual companies. And for individual companies to make money, they need to produce energy and sell it right to the consumer. They don't want to have any extra energy. So uh, that's why they these companies who control the Texas energy market don't produce extra energy. Therefore, there wasn't you know surplus energy when some of the power plants went down. And at the end of the day, a lot of the blame has been, be, been put on a company that controls much of the regulated market called ERCOT, which stands for the Electric Reliability Council of Texas. Right. So what is ERCOT? It's this massive uh, company uh, and council that manages 90% of all energy in Texas and on their power grid. And because there's little state regulation in Texas, ERCOT was underprepared for this. They didn't have funding from the government. They didn't have uh, backups from other states to get energy from. And there was also little preparation made for such a, something like this, where such a cold, uh, massive storm hit our state when we weren't expecting it. And the leaders of ERCOT, while they're appointed by some parts of the, the state legislator and by the governor of Texas, and they're managed by a council that has to do with the state government, they weren't really prepared and they didn't really know exactly how to handle the situation. And so what ended up happening is we had some rolling blackouts throughout the state, but we also had areas of the state that had power outages for days and other areas that had, that had no power outages. So it wasn't very even. It wasn't very fair. What's interesting is two of the leaders, the top leaders of ERCOT, weren't even in Texas. One of them lives in Michigan. The other one, I, I believe, lives in California. That's how, you know, un in touch this company was with you know the texas population so they don't feel the brunt of what's happening and i guess they're disincentivized to to really try to make a difference uh, you know because they're not here at the end of the day but at the, but ERCOT is in for a lot of hurt every news organization across the country is talking about them and how they have failed the texas people even greg abbott who who appoints you know uh, commissions who go and investigate or ERCOT. Greg Abbott was criticizing them, saying they failed, uh, saying it's a huge disaster. And he is also a lot to blame. He got on Fox News the other day and was interviewed by Sean Hannity. And he blamed a lot of the power outages, not on natural gas and coal plants, which were a major part of it, but he blamed it mostly on renewables, such as wind and solar. And though wind and solar may have been a little bit of the problem, they were not to be blamed to the same degree uh, as natural gas as Greg Abbott had blamed them. 
and so what ended up happening is after Greg Abbott made this statement, there was a lot of backlash. Democrats on the left and people in Texas said, no, this is not true. Look at the facts. Look at the science. You had Bill Gates saying, actually, the main capacity that's gone out in Texas is not the wind. It's actually some of the natural gas plants that were uh, also that were not ready for these super cold temperatures. And all these scientists and you know people uh, went back and said, no. If you look at the data, it really wasn't this. It wasn't the the green energy. It was the uh, the coal and the natural gas that caused this. It actually kind of turned into a big political thing where a lot of people on the right were blaming this on AOC and the Democrats for introducing green energy and uh, the Green New Deal to Texas. And then people on the left saying, no, the Green New Deal really isn't even that fully established anywhere, but not in Texas. And even if it is, that's not its fault. It's really on the natural gas and the fossil fuel energy that was used. So the question is, why did all these coal and uh, natural gas and even the wind turbines and why did the nuclear power plants, why did all the infrastructure fail? Because Texas wasn't prepared. Because Texas's infrastructure isn't ready for winter storms, it is made for the summer heat. Um, these, you know, these energy producing sources were made to, to produce energy for the, the really hot summers when they need to crank up the AC rather than the cold winters. And that is a common denominator across the whole country where infrastructure is not prepared for the changing climate. Climate changing is causing a lot more crazy weather events like the winter storm. This is, I mean, this is unheard of having this much snow all across Texas. You know, the, the, the infrastructure in Texas was not prepared for this. So what we can learn from this disaster is that we're going to have to improve the way we produce energy, but not only energy. We're going to have to improve the pipes. Many pipes in Houston uh, where we live are broken. We can't drink the water because there's contaminants in the pipes around Texas. The pipes were not prepared and they're cracking um, and they froze over. So that's another part of infrastructure that was you know, disastrously uh, broken. And then you have the roads. We don't have salt to to you know, make the roads drivable during the winter conditions. The airports weren't ready. Across the board, the infrastructure was not ready. So in the future, we're going to have to update that to deal with changing climate conditions. And that really is something that you can see across the whole country. Even though other states may have been more prepared for winter storms, a lot of our energy uh, and infrastructure is not prepared for a changing climate that could cause a lot of extreme weather conditions, whether it be hurricanes or tornadoes or huge winter storms and blizzards. And so that's something we definitely need to prepare for in the next coming years in Texas and across the U.S. is how do we get the infrastructure so we can combat these huge natural disasters. And so that will conclude our episode. And if you want to see more of us, you can look at our Instagram at the underscore young underscore perspective. You can email us with any thoughts you might have at ejtheyoungperspective at gmail.com. Or you can check out our website, theyoungperspective.net. Thank you, everybody, for listening. And remember, this was The Young Perspective.